Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Happy Thursday to you. Little throwback Thursday, man. What y'all know about that shake? Shake it, shake it for your hood. If it's all good, shake, shake it, shake it for your hood. If it, that's a throwback right there. Shouts out to Ricky B. Uh, for all my uh 2000 babies out there. Y'all don't know what y'all, y'all don't know classics. For my 90s, 80s babies, 70s babies, y'all know about it, man. Shouts out to uh, that uh, original Bounce music. <laughs> but uh, I really do appreciate your time, man. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Uh, somebody said, I, I, hey, hold on, wait a minute. Before I get on anything, I, I'm, looking in the, I'm looking in the chat. I see Jamal says, what is this as the world turns? Wait a minute now, bro. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me educate you, okay? That clip. That little spoof that we did, that is from a classic movie, man, The Temptations, all right? We have used a lot of those examples and a lot of the scenes from that movie on this show from time to time, all right? That was the scene where David Ruffin found out that he was getting fired. He was getting fired because he wasn't showing up, and he thought that he was the is-all and be-all of The Temptations. Y'all remember when he came on stage all late? He had uh, Flynn pay the, pay the spotlight guy. So the spotlight can just roll down on him. And then he got the mic and said, I'm David Ruffin. And these are the temptations. <laughs> That's a classic movie. So anybody that never watched that movie before, first off, get from under that rock he was under and check it out. All right. That's a classic right there. That is a classic. But look, 
It's a great day, beautiful day outside here in South Carolina, and I'm pretty sure it's a beautiful day wherever you are right now because you're actually listening to me in any day above water. It's great, right? But I can tell you what's not great, the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, uh, who that nation have been absolutely terrible, horrible, pathetic this entire season. I mean, we've talked about this team at nauseum, folks. You can't do nothing but laugh at this particular point. I mean, the way that these guys have found ways to lose, the fact that Dennis Allen is trying to parade around as if he is a head coach and these guys acting like they have the answers, but they're just like Sway when it came to Kanye West. They have absolutely no answers at all whatsoever. But it's fun because now we know that this team sucks. Now we know that this team isn't making the playoffs. So it's probably time for us to shift gears and ask the question, what's next? What's next for the New Orleans Saints? What can this team do in order to improve? Now, we talked about this on yesterday. Somebody asked me the question. I appreciate that. They asked me what moves would I make uh, if I was the general manager of this team? Of course, we all like to play armchair GM. And some of us are actually GMs. And if you are a fan of the New Orleans Saints, I think that we all would try to give this guy an award for his efforts at trying to get Mickey Loomis' attention. Come on, Mickey. It's on you, Mickey. You got to make a move tonight, Mickey. He's not ready for this, Mickey. You're killing the city. You're killing the reputation. Third and one, they try to throw a pass. Mickey Loomis, you got to do New Orleans better. So as you can see, man, this man is out here doing the Lord's work. And I really do believe that. I don't know that brother's name. I think somebody needs to find him because I would love uh, to give him a, a free uh, State of Saints podcast something for his efforts at getting Mickey Loomis attention and echoing the sentiments of who that nation members everywhere from from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the North to the South. OK, from down low to the mountaintops that we want this guy gone, period. All right. That's, that's just what it is. The Saints need to move on. They need to find ways in order to improve next season. Uh, you have to get younger at some positions, and you got to get better at certain co coaching positions. If you do not do that, then you're going to find yourself in the same position. You're going to find yourself in the same spot. And you can try to double down once again. I'm going to continue to say this. I'm going to sound like a broken record. You can continue to double down on the foolishness all you want to, and all you're going to do is make more and more people disinterested in New Orleans Saints football because the morale is about as low as it can possibly get. It is about as low as it's been in a very long time. I probably have to go back to maybe 2004, you know, like maybe, you know what I'm saying, around this time when morale was low. I'm not going to say 2005 because here's the reality. There were some things that was going on that was bigger than football back in 2005, and I can attest to this because, I mean, there were more things more important. I mean, the fact that me being a 19-year-old kid back in 2005 and wondering where I was going to stay at and where I was going to live at because my house was underwater, a little bit more important than what's going on with Saints football. But morale is low when it comes to this team, and they have to find ways to fix it. And you already look like one of the biggest idiots on this side of the Mississippi from the decisions that you made in the offseason by giving away your first round pick that turned out to be a fifth round pick as I speak right now. 
uh, getting rid of C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who as of right now is still leading the league in interceptions, uh, still giving away Marcus Williams, who started his season with three interceptions, leading the league. And also, you, you don't have Sean Payton anymore, and you decided to allow a coach with an 8-28 record to be your head coach because you said that what he did in Oakland won't reflect what he do in New Orleans. And as you can see, he had four wins at max in Oakland, and he has four wins as of right now. So you got Mr. 4 for 4 going on right now, right? Mr. 4 for 4 and I'm not talking about on a dollar menu at McDonald's. I'm not talking about the 4 for 4 at Wendy's. I'm talking about this man at 4 for 4 every single year, every single time he became a head coach in the National Football League every single season. So you have to find a way to fix this. Period. So what can we do? I'm going to allow you to figure that out. I, we are going to be GMs on this episode. What do you feel like would be the answer to fix the New Orleans Saints? Uh, later on in the show, uh, we're going to be happy to be joined by, from Saints Happy Hour, Andrew Juge. He should be here uh, really soon to talk a little bit about what he thinks about the season. And from right now, we're just going to go ahead and read some of your comments and questions and, and talk a little bit about that. And uh, once we get done with uh, you know that interview, then I'll talk a little bit later in a podcast about what I feel like needs to be done. So we're going to stroll up a little bit. Shouts out to everybody here. we got 141 people watching this right now. Ask, well, 149. Ask that you hit the like button. If you're new, please hit the subscription button, okay? I think we're about, uh, what, 9,300 subscribers right now. So we're on our way to 10,000. We need about 700 people. Probably not going to get it this episode, but we can start with this episode. So if you have not subscribed already and you like the content, uh, please hit that subscription button. Um, I know a lot of people, they may check out the podcast, but never hit the subscription button. Why not? Uh, let's see. Fire DA is a must, TJ. Oh, Larry, you you absolutely right. Larry, you, you're absolutely right. We need to get rid of this guy yesterday. All right. The dude is bringing down the morale of the team. It, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Uh, boy, I see you, TJ. Shouts out to Jason. Look, man, I, look, at this particular point, I know sometimes, like, you know, when you play, like, certain videos, they be like, okay, this person, uh, you know, I don't know. They send you, like, this copyright uh, email or whatever like that. But I don't care, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a strike. And if, you know what I'm saying, if Ricky, it can go to Ricky B channel, shouts out to Ricky B. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but it's Throwback Thursday. It's a classic. Don't care. You know what I'm saying? At this particular point. But if, you know, if it push on the shove and it gets serious, then I probably wouldn't play it. But Throwback Thursday, man, that's a classic right there. So we're going to be, we jamming here today. We we jamming here today. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and stroll down a little bit. It says, uh, if he is, I'm celebrating DA got to go. Uh, David Ruffin. Y'all newbies missed out. Sorry. <laughs> let's see. I want Dennis Allen to stay on as a defensive coordinator. I don't agree with the disrespecting him on his way out, out of town. The man has been a big part of success for years, so fire him as a head coach, but show respect. Man, bump Dennis Allen. I have absolutely no respect. Look, look, man, this ain't we, this ain't this ain't showtime at the Apollo. This ain't Apollo kids. All right. This ain't where, you know, the kid walk on stage and he's saying, uh, you know, uh, precious Lord, take my hand and everybody give him the church clap. You know, like, man, this is a grown man. All right. The dude is a good coordinator and we all understand that. As far as him coaching defense, he's good. As a head coach, he sucks. 
period. Like, I, I don't care, man. Like, this is a this is a results business. You put your big boy pants on. I put it like this. Like, okay, so I like to consider myself a good broadcaster. I, I like to think that I do a good job. But if I go on here and just start cussing all over the place on the air, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and the radio station gets in trouble with the FCC. Am I going to say, well, you know, he's he's a really good broadcaster. No, I don't supposed to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's terrible. I shouldn't have did it. You know what I'm saying? So the point, the fact of the matter is the dude is not doing a good job as a head coach. I got respect for Dennis Allen as a coordinator. As a head coach, he is not good. I don't care anything about Dennis. Man, why do why should anybody care like what Dennis Allen thinks? This dude got this team looking like straight up slow. This dude is not a, a you know what I'm saying? He's not a little kid. He's a grown man. This man has coached over, what, 30 plus years of football? So, no, like, I don't feel bad about going at him like this. I don't care. Like, Dennis Allen feelings. What about my feelings? What about my feelings to have to subject myself to this mediocrity every single week? What about your feelings where you spending your hard-earned money on merchandise and this dude is running this team into the ground? Not having the huevos, the cojones, to, in order for him to negate calls that he know probably not going to work. Like, what, where are my feelings? Like, man, like Kevin, Dennis Allen, feelings. I mean, look, he done it like he's done great things. Like you, you can talk about one and talk about the other as well. As a coordinator, he's good. As a coach, he sucks. I mean, it is what it is. He's not very good. I don't I don't have like I'm not like man, pff, Dennis Allen feelings. Man, what about our feeling? That that's what I care about. Gail Fire Van Gunny after one year, fingers crossed. Please let it happen. That's what I'm talking about. Like, like at this particular point, I just want to see this dude gone. I don't think that you're going to get the results that you're looking for. As, as a coordinator, yes, you want him to stay on as a coordinator, probably not going to happen. Would I want to see him stay on as a coordinator? Yeah. If he was willing to take that uh, demotion and go back to a co coaching defense, yes, I would love to have him as, as a coordinator. But we know most likely that's not going to happen. And I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to salvage oh a defense. Oh, well, that means our defense might fall under if he if he gets fired. Well, it is what it is. Because you're still not gonna win nothing. You have a bomb defense, but you ain't winning jack. I don't have much to input. I done said it already. Fire DA and his staff, or most of it, actually have one DC and a competent OC, hire Frank Wright as a head coach, get a guard or running back and safety in the draft. I agree. Now, I agree with that. We can draft Hendon Hooker from Tennessee great at the short game and deep. Uh, he might fall in the draft. I think he is going to fall in the draft. Uh, first off, this whole Heisman thing and not having Hendon Hooker in the Heisman conversation, you're going to put uh, old Stetson Bennett up in that thing in a place of him? Like, you ought to be out of your freaking mind. Like, this man got absolutely snubbed, the fact that he's not a Heisman finalist. And, yes, you know, I feel like he can do some really good things. Uh, he's he's a he's a good quarterback. And I think that, you know, you can win some games and he can he can he can lead you somewhere. I, I really do. In the right situation, I feel like he can lead you somewhere. Right. But with Dennis Allen and his coaching staff, man, they couldn't lead this boy across the street. OK, you know what I'm saying? They, they couldn't lead this boy with a map. They couldn't lead that boy with a map. OK, they couldn't show him the way if they knew the way. That's the way I feel about this coaching staff right now. 
you got to be able to find coaches that's going to be able to elevate your players if they have the potential you got to be able to allow these coaches to be able to tap into that potential if they don't then you're going to have a really good player that's never going to live up to the hype you know you you got to be able to have a, a coaching staff that's going to give these guys direction if they don't then no matter how much talent you have it's still going to be going for night uh let's say i'm firing da moving chris richard to defensive coordinator trading uh marcus and maybe andrews pete also allowing Cam and Demario to treat free agency or trade them to a team or of their liking. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I would I would go that route. But here's the thing: I'm I, I, when I think about it, it's more about my respect for these two guys, Demario Davis and Cam Jordan. The w- reason I would say, man, they need to find somewhere else if you're trying to rebuild. But I will want to keep at least one of those guys because both of those guys are like the the, un, the undisputed leaders of this team. So you you need, uh, still need that locker room voice, a guy that's going, you're going to be able to follow. And and one guy I probably would, I would try to keep would be Demario Davis. Out of, uh, if it's between Cam Jordan and Demario, I would probably try to keep uh, Demario Davis because, you know, he, the thing about it is I just feel like, you know, his leadership qualities, he'll be able to, you know, get the locker room, uh, you know, together, even though with Cam was be able to do the same thing. But I just got so much respect for Cam. And I just think that Cam Jordan is on a trajectory to go to the Hall of Fame. And I would hate that the committee would be sitting in the room and when they're evaluating Cam Jordan, they'll be like, "Ah, but he never got a chance to play in a championship game. You know, I want to see Cam Jordan be able to uh, make it to the Hall of Fame and be able to you know, be recognized as as a really good pass rusher of, of this generation because he has. I mean, I know a lot of people look at the Aaron Donalds and they look at the J.J. Watts and they look at those type of guys, but Cam Jordan is up there with those guys, you know, and, uh, you know, some people don't really give him his flowers. So, you know, if that means that he would have to go somewhere else to get a vie for a championship in order for him to be looked at in that light, I'm willing to see that, you know, and I'll be happy for him as if he won a championship with this team. Uh, but as of right now, um, we'll we're, we're be joined uh, by our guest here uh, today. A lot of you uh, know him from uh, the Saints uh, Happy Hour, which you all can check out on all uh, streaming platforms. Also, you can uh, check him on Twitter, uh, also tweeting uh, along uh, Saints games and also giving his opinion about uh, the New Orleans Saints as well. Um, we're happy to be joined by uh, Mr. Andrew Juge from Saints Happy Hour. Andrew, how you doing, man? TJ, I'm good, man. I, listen, I've I've uh, been following your shows and your episodes on YouTube for a long time. I'm a big fan, and uh, it's an honor to finally be here, and uh, excited to talk uh, about the Saints with you. And thank thank you so much, Andrew. I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, everything that you all are doing, you and Ralph over at the uh, Saints Happy Hour, you all doing a really good job. Uh, you're definitely, uh, you know, the pulse of the of the team. You have it, uh, and you all. Keep everybody uh, connected, and we appreciate all the things that you all do over there. Uh, you know, having everybody, you know, like, you know, man, showing their love for the team, the respect for the team, and uh, we, we really appreciate your efforts, man. So thank you for joining us here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. No, listen, I uh, th- I think it all started for us as Ralph and I are both from New Orleans originally, mm-hmm. and uh, we both no longer live in New Orleans. And so yep. it, it really just started, gosh, we probably started this podcast uh over 10 years ago. And, and it really just started as a way for us to connect with others and talk about the saints because we didn't have people to talk about the saints with 
where right. we live, you know, where our local is. So right. uh, it's been really nice to be able to do that. And somewhere along the way, it became a podcast that people downloaded and listened to. So uh, it was kind of unexpected, but uh, here we are. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in the same boat. I was born and raised in New Orleans, man. Grew up in the Ninth Ward area uh, out here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina now. So I definitely can uh, attest to that. But uh, we really do, once again, appreciate all that you all do. I mean, I mean, your, your, your podcast is, you know, taking uh, the world by storm and you all <laughs> are always so entertaining, man. And we, we appreciate that. But, you know, I want to go ahead and uh, get started, man. I mean, look, four and nine, uh, this is not the season that we we anticipated uh, when we first started the offseason. Everybody was extremely excited about this team and the direction we thought it was going in. Uh, Sean Payton leaves. We thought Dennis Allen would be a good replacement. We've seen some things last season that we can build on, but it hasn't worked out. Uh, Andrew, I, my first question is to you, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on this season? I mean, I'm pretty sure you you fell into that realm like you didn't think this season was going to end up being this way, right? No, I I think the main reason why I thought the Saints had a good shot this season, besides kind of the offseason moves that they made and, and the history that Mickey Loomis has of making things work and all that, is I really just thought the NFC was terrible, and, mm. and, and specifically the NFC South. And right. I, I, I just didn't feel like other than Tampa, and Tampa honestly ended up being worse than I expected, but I just didn't really feel like there was a lot of competition. And so I, I always thought, look, somebody is going to make the playoffs, a couple teams that are just not very good. And I think, mm. I mean, say what you will about the Giants and, you know, say what you will about some of these other teams, but like they are going to make the playoffs right. and I don't think they're very good. So it's like, why, why couldn't it have been the Saints, you know, in a different, if, if things had played out a little bit differently, you know, I, I don't know that I expected four and nine, but I'm conflicted about this season in the sense that, you know, there's part of me that feels like, look, they lost Drew Brees and they lost Sean Payton and they're both gone now. And they were mm -hmm. alphas in the building and they were the linchpins that kind of created the success for 15 years. Mm -hmm. and, and and how stupid were we to think it would go any different way at the beginning when they were both gone, right? Like it, it takes time to find your alphas and replace them. And so on some level, it's disappointing. But as I think back on it, like, this is kind of how it was supposed to go on the other side of losing two iconic figures like that. And I just think it's so part of me is, is being patient, believing that, Hey, it's going to take some time, whether Dennis Allen is the person or not, right? Like it's just going to take time to figure it out. I do think the NFC ended up being pretty terrible. So there was an opportunity there. I think the saints look, they played in so many close games and they blew it. I mean, they, there, there's no other way to say it, especially this most recent Tampa game. They absolutely blew it. And yet, if you had told me before the season that Michael Thomas was going to play three games, mm. that Lattimore was going to miss three quarters of the season, that your QB1 was going to break his back, tear tendons in his foot, and play three games. Um, if you had told me those things before the season, I don't know that I would have picked four or nine, but I definitely wouldn't have picked playoffs. Mm. You know, so I... I, I I hesitate to blame it on injuries because those games were all there for the taking. And, and it, it, I think it's the saints are more at fault for these losses than the, the other team that they were playing. It's not like they've been straight up beat in a lot of these games. Right. So 
I, I don't know. Like I, I kind of have conflicting things there, you know, where I, I, part of it's like, yeah, I blame the saints. They blew it. They had their shots, but part of it's also like, it, it makes sense, you know? No, yeah. I mean, but let me ask you this. All right. You talked about the iconic figures, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. All right. They're gone. Yeah. We thought that, okay, okay, we still got the same coaching staff minus Sean Payton. Um, you know, we we had some things that we can build on when Drew Brees retired. Do you think that now that we see this um, and we know that Sean Payton and Drew Brees were extremely instrumental, do you think that it's time for the Saints to possibly move on from this because – Maybe we're seeing that Sean Payton and Drew Brees disguised a lot of the inconsistencies and imperfections of this team. So do you think that now that you see this, is that grounds to move on? Yeah, yeah, you're kind of getting right at the heart of the issue, uh, TJ. And and I, I mean, look, I, I don't have the answers necessarily. I think this, um, I think there's a reality that there's probably like five coaches that are incredible in the NFL. You know, you put right. Belichick on that list, maybe Andy mm -hmm. Reid, um, certainly Sean Payton. Uh, and I don't, I, I'm straight up. Like, I don't think Dennis Allen's in, in that level. He's not on that level. Maybe, maybe he can be one day, but like he, he has shown nothing to prove to me or to anyone that he's on, on that echelon of coaching. Yeah. And, and so does that mean he should be fired after a year? I mean, look, there's a lot of coaches that I think are average that how many, how many, Average coaches have been carried by Aaron Rodgers. You know, how, how many coaches are average that have been carried by superstar quarterbacks that you know, kind of masks? So anyway, like I, I think Dennis Allen is a good defensive coach. You pair him with a great offensive coordinator. You pair him with an elite quarterback. Yeah, sure. He, he could find ways to win. So, but I don't think he's an elite coach. So is that grounds for firing him after one year? I mean, that's hard to say. I, I think, obviously, look, either way, the Saints have to improve the team. And, and I, I don't know that you, he really got a fair shake if you just fire him after a year. So, But but at, on the same token, I, I think there you could make the argument that, hey, if, if he's not Sean Payton, then he should be out. Like, we should be always seeking the next Sean Payton. I, I think, TJ, like, the, the thing that maybe concerns me the most with all this mm -hmm. is I'm just not seeing a lot of innovation. So I respect... That hey, we've had we have a lot of uh culture here, a lot of continuity, and so we don't want to shake the apple cart, right? We don't want to, we don't want a bunch of changes. We want to run it back with a lot of the same guys, a lot of the same personnel. And let's see if we can kind of continue the success with the existing parts that we have in the building. And I can get behind that, but I just feel like and and going back to Sean Payton, like one of the most incredible things in, in, in his long history of great coaching for the saints, that trade where he ships out Akeem Hicks. And, and this was one of the times where the offense was kind of struggling, right? But, you know, even though Drew Brees was at his best, like this was a time period where the offense was kind of not playing up to their standard. They were kind of struggling a little bit. They ship out Akeem Hicks. They pick up a nobody tight end, Michael Ho-Omanawanui. <laughs> and, and somehow that fixes the offense. They go to 11 personnel, like this nobody tight end who, who's barely done anything in his career. Like Sean Payton had this vision that's like, we're going to get this guy, this random guy that no one wants, and it's going to fix our offense. And I don't, can, can, are we allowed to curse on this? Are we? Is there, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you're fine. Uh, yeah. 
She's like, holy, holy shit, it worked. You know? <laughs> so, so I just feel like Sean Payton was always good at, at, at just innovating and finding ways to fix problems when they existed. Mm-hmm. And, and right from the very beginning, TJ, right from 53-man cuts at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. they kept Calvin Throckmorton, they kept Dwayne Washington, they kept Zach Bond. Right. They kept, like, the only surprise was Justin Evans. That was literally the only dude where I was like, oh, wow, he made the team, like, had a good preseason. Like, that's cool. But, like, the receivers, like, they kept Callaway, they kept Traquan. Like, I just felt like every decision they made was – Let's just run it back with the same dudes. And at no point during the season, when when the punter is doing terrible, when the kicker's missing critical kicks, they didn't they didn't even bring guys in for workouts mm. to like at least make them scared that they might lose their job if they kept screwing up. So I just think there was a lot of tricks and a lot of innovation that I saw in Peyton and Dennis Allen. Just like and, and honestly, TJ, like I just think everyone's comfortable. I, I think there is a complacency that stems from no one is fearful of losing their job. Everyone just thinks it's like hunky dory. We're just doing the same thing. And mm. I just don't think there's been enough innovation. Yeah, I, I, I agree that there, there, there hasn't been much innovation, but I just feel like to me, Andrew, I just feel like DA needs to go simply because of this. Okay. You mentioned Sean Payton's, ability to be able to feel certain things like we we seen games where the saints start off sluggish they'll go into the half and then they'll come back and they look like a completely different team making halftime adjustments being able to adjust on the fly i just think that yeah i do agree with you dennis allen's ability to coach defense i feel like okay the, the defense will look good he'll be able to coach that if you get yourself another coordinator, do I feel like the Saints will be more offensively innovative? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we all know that it takes more than that to be a coach. You got to feel it. Like, we're, we, the Saints lost this game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers strictly because of coaching decisions down the stretch. No matter how great you are defensively calling plays, offensively calling plays, it's going to have to come a time where you're ha- going to have to understand situational football. And Andrew, at times, you know, I've seen Dennis Allen not understand situational football or be too afraid or be too conservative to push the buttons in order to elevate his team. And I just think that you need that in order for you to be successful. Now, can it, like I said, can they go back next year, maybe make some changes and they win more games than they lost? Absolutely. But I still feel like it's going to come a time when we're going to be in this same position again still talking about these things so what what's the point of you know having to to deal with that when you know that is inevitable like okay Mm -hmm. we're talking about it in week 13 next year maybe we'll be talking about in a wild card game or i mean we still will have the same results so to me i just feel like you just have to go in a different direction it's just something about dennis allen as a leader of men not not as a coordinator but as a leader of men i just feel like is is not the answer you know it is not the answer i'm not saying that it can't work i'm just saying that we might we're going to find ourselves based on his personality based on what i've seen we're going to find ourselves in the same situation so why even subject yourself to that and uh like you say even with the coaching decisions like not bringing in a kicker like we know that sean payton would do that 
Will Lutz miss a couple field goals. We know Monday in comes any random kicker that, you know, that, that wants a job, right? Just to say, hey, you know, you can lose your job. Yeah, I mean, it's just little things like that I feel like makes you a really effective head coach, and I'm just not seeing that from Dennis Allen, and that's that's the most puzzling thing to me, and I just don't want to be dealing with this situation again. Uh, my uh, next question for you is about um, the fan base. Do you think that Mickey Loomis, uh, Gail Benson, Dennis Lauscher, and the Saints Trust basically um, – sold us a dream you know like because at the beginning of the season we all just thought like okay man let's just go ahead and, and run it back do you think that they underestimated well i won't say underestimated but they just maybe just thought that this team would be better like thought it was much better than what it actually was yeah i i think they expected more so i i think mickey loomis and and company are disappointed by the season i i think they expected it to go better than it did uh, but look, I mean, they they swung the fences for sw- swung for the fences with Deshaun Watson. Um, they they end up not getting him, mm-hmm. and uh, we we can debate, you know, the humanity of all that, and and just whether that was the right thing to do or whatever. But uh, I, I think they understood very clearly that they need a franchise quarterback, and they felt like they didn't have one, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think going into this off season, that's it's the same thing. Um, look, I, I I think if there's a silver lining or light at the end of the tunnel or whatever you want to call it is I don't think Gail Benson is ever going to stop spending, right? She, she Mm. has no air. She's not taking the money with her when she goes to, when she ascends to heaven. Right. So, (laughs) so uh, I I just, I don't think, uh, I don't think she cares like the saints, like forgetting salary cap, like the the constraints and the difficulties. If you're just talking about pure cash spendings, Mm. the saints have are in the top five, They've been in the top five every year for the last five years. Right. And I see no reason why that's going to change this offseason. So whether they trade a bunch of picks and go get a star quarterback or maybe try to draft into the top 10, you know, they get a first for Sean Payton and maybe try to move up and get a quarterback. I, I just, I have no doubt that they're going to spend money and they're going to try to make it happen. You know, they're hmm. going to try to make this team better. So I know the brain trust of Loomis and Gale, like there, there's no fear there. There's nothing's going to stop them. Now it may blow up in their face. It did this year, mm. you know, trading their first round pick was a mistake. They made a lot of mistakes. I felt like everything they did this offseason was a mistake. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson signing Jarvis Landry and Teron Matthew. I just feel like everything they tried to do, drafting uh, penning, it all blew up in their face. Right. Uh, but I don't think that's going to scare them from trying to go for it again. I just, I don't think this is a team that ever stops trying and spending. Mm. And so that's the silver lining maybe. Yeah. I mean, you got to like the aggressiveness. I mean, hindsight is 2020, Andrew, like people getting upset. I I tell people all the time here on the show, like hindsight is 2020. We're all upset now because we seen this plan like in action and we figured out it didn't work. But at the beginning of the season, when it was, Signing a honey badger, signing Jarvis Landry, uh, get the first round uh, pick and getting Chris Olave. Like we all were excited. I mean, draft night. I mean, we were going crazy when they drafted Olave, you know. And so now we just realized that, you know, it, it just didn't work. And the Saints have a string of bad luck this season. But I'm not mad at them for that. But I will be upset. And I'm pretty sure a lot of members of the Who That Nation will be upset if they double down on this. Like, OK, it didn't work this year because. 
maybe Michael Thomas was hurt or this happened. Like yeah. you, you have to look at this as a whole and be like, okay, what, what we're doing doesn't seem to be working. Let, even, even when Sean Payton was here, I mean, you still went nine and eight, you know, you didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, you still have to try to find ways to try to improve. And since we're talking about, you know, trying to be aggressive, I mean, we got to look at some of these players, right? I mean, Saints got a collection of guys, you know, they're getting a little bit long in the tooth, as they say. You know, guys like Cam Jordan, uh, Demario Davis. Uh, you got to figure out what you're going to do with guys like Davenport, uh, Anyamata. Um, if you were a GM, let's just go ahead and put your GM hat on just for a second, Andrew. What positions do you think the Saints need to look at uh, going into the 2023 offseason? Man, so many. Uh, I mean, for, first of all, you need a quarterback. So uh, whether that's a rookie that they draft and then they bring back either Jameis or Andy Dalton or some combination, you know, and 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 it, it, use those guys as a bridge to a rookie that would eventually start, or whether they try to go get a veteran. And gosh, I don't even know who that would be. You know, Carr from the Raiders if he becomes mm -hmm. available. I, I Geno Smith has been awesome this year. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not going to lie. Like if you told me right now. Geno Smith is the Saints quarterback in 2023. I would sign up for that. I, mm. I, I, I seriously would. Uh, but I don't know if, you know, Seattle maybe franchises him or whatever. So, you know, uh, Garoppolo, less excited about that. But, I mean, that, that could be a possibility. So, mm. uh, you know, we'll see where the Saints go. But I think they have to start there. They have to. They have to get a quarterback. After that interior defensive line has been a problem for a while now. And I think mm -hmm. now that Onyemata has really struggled with consistency, it's gotten even worse, you know? Right. And I just think these guys that, that they try to start Roach, they try to start shy Tuttle. They try to start, you know, Kentavia street plays a lot, but I don't really think any of those guys are more than, you know, second, third rotation guys. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think you have got to get better in the middle of the defense uh, in the trenches. And so defensive tackle is a big area, I think, of need for this team. Uh, you know, I, I would say that backup running back, I, I just think Kamara is being forced to run in between the tackles way too much. Uh, yeah. And that's not what he does best. And you try to spell him with Ingram, who's gotten older and, and he's had a bum knee all year. And I think you, I, I, I know why the Saints haven't added youth at running back because they want running backs. They're very picky about their running backs. They want right. guys that can do it all. They can catch, they can block, they can run, uh, and that, that understand a really expanded playbook. And mm. it's, hard, it, it's hard to find guys like that. It's even harder for rookies to be able to come in and do all of those things and, and absorb the playbook. Right. That's why Kamara that's why is so special. Like he, right. he, fi he figured it out day one. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's they traded away Adrian Peterson because they were, he was ready to play from the, the second he played. So Kamara yep. is, is a unique, special running back that figured it out right away. But like at some point, you've got to get fresh legs and they don't have that. And, and yeah. the fact that they've been forced to run the ball with Dwayne Washington and Tony Jones Jr. and guys like that, like, come on, like it's time. They need yeah. to spend a draft pick, second round pick, whatever. Find yourself a running back that can complement Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look at Alvin Kamara. I was watching the game. Um, I was went back and I watched it. I mean, his body language, you yeah, like you, weird, you were right? running like a, a guy discouraged. Like, uh, you know, I mean, every time, you know, he runs the runs the ball, I mean, the defender is like in the backfield hitting him. I mean, that can that can be very, very discouraging. And like you said, and it, it's take 
is taken away from what's making him extremely dynamic. You know, like he hasn't yeah. really done the things that we we are accustomed to because they can't. You know, so I, I definitely agree about the running back position. I think that it's time to improve on that. I mean, bringing back Mark Ingram, it was a great little spark. Like when he first got here, you know, I can remember that Tennessee Titan game when Camaro was out. He, he gave the team a spark and a little bit in between. But I just think that, you know, it, it's just time to move on. It's time to move on from that and, and try to get a little bit better. Uh, what about the offensive line? I mean, we've been talking about Andrews P for years. Uh, Cesar Ruiz has been a bright uh, surprise uh, to a lot of people. He's improved. That's a, that's a great thing. Um, are you looking at the offensive line maybe to see if you can improve in that? And uh, which direction would you go if you did? Yeah, Cesar Ruiz, man, I, I can't speak enough to his improvement. And I, yeah. I, re I really do feel like in a season that's been pretty awful, uh, th the growth that I've seen from Juwan Johnson and Cesar Ruiz, yeah. those two guys in particular, Absolutely. is uh, they've really transformed their careers this yeah. year. And, and that's been really cool to see. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot. Of, so the interesting thing with the Saints and their cap this year is that they're kind of tied to a lot of these contracts. They're stuck. And so they'll be able to get under the cap. They'll be able to get cap, cap compliant by mm -hmm. tweaking a number of deals to get, you know, under the, they're 55 million over and they'll be able to get under by March. Right. But then when June 1st comes around, they have a decision to make, like, do we eject from some of these awful contracts and they can get a bunch of cap relief after June 1st. Right. But then they let these guys go. And so there's a question of like, do they have the replacements for the, for these guys? And can they find free agents after June 1st with all this newfound money? So like, you know, they, they found Matthew and they found Landry after June 1st this past year. So like you can find guys. Um, those aren't great examples because they didn't really work out this season. But yeah, but like, you know, they, they came in as high caliber free agents. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I think Pete is a candidate for a post June. I, I, they just they can't get out of that contract until after June 1st. But right. like, I, I think. If you have a guard that you're ready to start, then yes, I, I think it's time to move on from him. Easier said than done, though, because Pete, man, at times, and, and he gets injured a lot. I feel like he's banged up every year. And, and when he, he gets banged up, I feel like the level of play drops off significantly. Mm. But when you have seen how much they have struggled to run the ball the last several weeks when Pete has either been out or playing injured, it, it makes you realize what a big difference he makes when he's healthy. And so that's the thing, like I'm down with getting a new guard, but it's it, got to make sure that it's someone that's of P, of Pete's quality or better. Cause Pete, as much as fans hate him and bang on him, he's actually a really good player when he's healthy and he's vital to the success of this offense. So Pete's a tough one. I mean, obviously, you know, McCoy Ruiz and, and, and Ramchek, like those guys are set, you know, on the right side. Yeah. And then Penning is, I mean, I would hope that he's your left tackle next year. So hmm. I, I actually think offensive line is okay. Um, assuming Penning can kind of come around and learn the position and get better. Uh, and then Pete's kind of that one, but like, you know, these, so these June 1st contracts, Michael Thomas is on that list. Yeah. You know, what do they do with him? I, I'd say Andrews Pete is on that list. And unfortunately I think Demario Davis and Cam Jordan are on that list. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think Andrews Pete is a really good run blocker. I think he's like a lot of people yeah. don't, you know, give him the credit for me. Like, I tell people, you know, he's a really good run blocker. You know, like if you're, you know, I mean, if you look at statistics, if you look at like around the league, my biggest issue is, 
you know, his availability. Like he he's like it's not a matter if it's when he he misses too many games. And when you have to find somebody to replace that type of production, it's tough. So I, I do think that based on that, I, I, I will feel that they need to get a little bit younger in that uh, in that regard to see if they can actually find somebody else. They can, you know, I don't give you, you know, that that level of production. So, I mean, I, I think it has been it's been long enough. I mean, it is, you know, if you've seen it maybe a few times, you can kind of look past it, but it's becoming a trend. It's kind of the same way with like, to Ryan Armstead, great left tackle, but you know that he was going to miss at least five or six games per year. So yeah. you, you have to wonder, like, what can you do with that? Like, do you you keep him around because you know that you're probably going to get about five or six, maybe seven games out of him? Or, you know, maybe you try to move on with somebody that's a little bit more durable, like Cesar Ruiz has been, you know? So yeah. it, it's, it's some very, very tough decisions the Saints uh, are going to have to make. Um, if you have any questions for Andrew, uh, feel free to put them in a the chat. Um, if you have any questions that you want to ask them, um, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position. Um, you know, Andy Dalton has been starting uh, for weeks now. Um, I, to me, la- last game versus Tampa, I feel like that was his best game in the Saints uniform as a quarterback. I, I think that the wide receivers, I mean, the wide receivers kind of let him down. Like some pl- some passes that he threw, they, they should have caught. The one-hand catch that Jarvis Landry dropped. Uh, Chris Olave, he would have caught that ball inside of the red zone. They could at least got a field goal out of it. Uh, Taysom Hill uh, on that third down. I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough catch to make, but I mean, he he thread the needle, put it where it needed to be. Um, and also, you know, you got Jameis Winston on the sidelines. Pretty sure you probably feeling it over there at the Saints Happy Hour. A lot of people want to see Jameis Winston yeah. uh, starting. Why is he not starting? Dennis Allen, why is he not choosing uh, Jameis Winston? What is your thoughts on the quarterback position? What you seen out of Andy Dalton, and um, what's next for the New Orleans Saints? Do which one of these quarterbacks do you feel that the Saints are probably most likely going to keep on the payroll for twenty twenty three? Yeah, I mean that man, that's a loaded thing. And uh, <laughs> listen, I I don't blame Jameis for being pissed, and I I don't blame fans of Jameis for being pissed that he how the whole situation was handled. I feel like Dennis Allen mishandled that at times for sure. Right. Um, I don't really blame Dennis Allen for going to Andy Dalton, given what Jameis Winston was going through physically. Mm-hmm. I don't really blame him for sticking with Andy Dalton in some cases. So like, it, it's just a tough situation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't blame him for starting Jameis the second game of the season because he, w- I know he broke his back, but he was on fire in that fourth quarter. And you're like, like sometimes you just don't know. And you, you're just like, well, shoot, look at how he played in the fourth quarter. Like, right. I, let, let's see if he can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I on some level, I understand all of it. Um, you know, I, th- it, you know, what's interesting is I was kind of out on Andy Dalton after, uh, you know, the Arizona game and the Baltimore game. And, and, and I was very much like taking it week to week. I was like, okay, like let's start Andy Dalton. Let's see where he's at. After the Ravens game, I was like, I'm out. Like, I, mm-hmm. let, let, I don't care what physical state Jameis is in. I don't care if he needs a walker to get out there. Like if Jameis wants to play, put him out there. Right. Um, and, you know what's interesting? So the, the Saints, it, this was really weird because on Monday, Dennis Allen and the presser, it seemed like he they were going with Jameis. Right. And then on Tuesday, we're, Andy Dalton's our quarterback. And, mm. and I don't know what happened behind the scenes there. I know they had a lot of injuries on the offensive line. I don't know if Jameis was like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not playing with those guys. <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't blame him. But like, yeah. I, I just, yeah. So I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they went back to Andy Dalton. And, and I will say, 
to, to my shock, since then, TJ, I've, I have felt like Andy Dalton has played really well. And I thought he was incredible against the Rams and in a great win. I thought, and, and I, I've gotten crushed by this on social media, I thought San Francisco was one of his best games. And I know it sounds mm. really weird to say when you score zero points because everyone wants to blame the quarterback. But like, <laughs> he hit Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill both in the face mask in the end zone. Drop yeah. passes. Uh, Lutz missed the field goal. Kamara fumbled at the one-yard line. Like They were moving the ball. He was making plays. I actually, you, you can nitpick and say like, hey, he took a bad sack here or there, but like I thought he played well in that game, and I thought he played really well in this one, mm. and this this most recent one against Tampa. Right. And I, I think he has been completely let down by a total system failure around him. They're not running the ball at all. The, the, the run blocking has been awful. They're dropping passes left and right. I mean, the, yep. the three passes that you talk about, I mean, let, let, let's talk about it for a second. They're at the 40-yard line. Mm -hmm. He drops it to a wide-open Alave at the 15. At this point, they're up 7-3. to three. Yep. He drops it. They have to punt. If he makes that catch, they're at least scoring three there. That's the, yep. difference. That's the difference in the game, right? Later, he has a drop. Uh, let's see. I, you, I'm going to come back to the Taysom one. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm forgetting one. The Jarvis the, Landry? Yeah, Jarvis. Yeah, yeah. So, tough catch. You know, he tries the one hand, but I, I've Jarvis Landry's sick hands. I've seen him make that catch at LSU. I've seen him make that catch a yeah. hundred times. And if that's a touchdown, that's the difference in the game. Yep. And then, you know, third and 17, he throws the best ball he's thrown all game. I mean, an absolute dime, drops it in the well. Like, that was a beautiful ball. And Taysom has to hang on to that ball. Yep. And if he does, they're, they're, they're taking a knee. They're running out the clock. Yep. So, um, yeah, listen, I, I thought Andy Dalton, had, the last three weeks, oddly, he's played really well. And I would, I mean, look, the games don't really matter anymore. So at some point, I would like to see Jameis get back in there, if nothing else, just to see how he looks on the other side of this injury. Yep. But I, I, I would be fine sticking with Andy Dalton for now. And I, I've always said, like, I'm week to week. So, like, the minute he has a bad game, like, I'm ready for a change. But the last three weeks, I think he's been solid. Yeah. I mentioned, I mean, I think we all can agree based on the behavior of the of the Saints organization. Neither one of these guys are the future of the team, you know, yeah. so you might as well just go out there, make it interesting, show, you know, and I mean, get let these guys put something on tape, you know, and see where you where you're at in the season. I mean, at, at best, you're probably going to choose one of these guys to be a bridge guy for the next quarterback that comes in that you consider uh, to be a, a franchise quarterback. Uh, Andrew, before you go, I just uh, we got some uh, questions from the Huda Nation. Yep. Uh, they just wanted to ask you uh, a, a few questions here. Try to see if I can actually uh, stroll down. Once again, you have a question for Andrew. Feel free to put it uh, in in the chat here. Um, strolling in the day, uh, Troop says a uh, great guest today. So shouts out to you. Uh, says um, Dub asks, is that what college quarterback should we focus on? Is there is there a quarterback that you've uh, watched or uh, evaluated maybe on a collegiate level or maybe an NFL level. Well, the collegiate level in this case that you think would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. I'm a big fan of Hooker of Tennessee. And, and now mm. that he's injured with the ACL, I wonder if if not having a first round pick or maybe, you know, having uh, Sean Payton early second, you know, would mm. that be enough to get a guy like that on the other side of an ACL? So I mean, I think Hooker was kind of in line to be probably a top 15 pick before that injury. Um, mm. Now we'll see. But I, I'm a big fan of his. Like, I, I mean, everybody's talking about Caleb, right? 
and yeah. uh, you get you have to wait a year for that. But I yeah, think exactly. it's clear everybody sees that uh, that that's potentially your next Mahomes. I need to see more, but uh, I'm a big fan of his game, and I think he's going to be really good. Um, but you know, I haven't really studied enough of, of, uh, I'm a big LSU fan, so I watch the SEC, but, but outside of hooker, like I haven't seen enough tape yet to really have an informed opinion. Um, so, you know, I'll plan to watch that more and we'll, we'll cover that more in the off season at the Saints happy hour leading up to the draft. But, you know, again, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these last four games play out because I think if, and this is just my opinion, I could be wrong about this. I think Dennis Allen and Jameis Winston, I think their relationship is damaged beyond repair. Yeah. So I, I think if, if you're going to stick, I agree. If you're going to have Jameis back next year, I think you have to fire Dennis Allen. Hmm. And I think if you keep Dennis Allen, then you have to cut Jameis Winston and let him go. I, I think it's, it's gotta be one or the other. And I think if you decide that you're going to draft a guy and you want a bridge quarterback, then I think it should be Andy Dalton. And if you stick with Dennis Allen, and so if it's going to be Andy, I think a Andy gets unhappy if he's benched for James Winston. So I, I think you probably need to end the season with Andy as your starter for the next four games if he's your bridge next year, right? Yeah. So I actually think it's interesting in the sense that the Saints need to start considering this now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a good point, you know, because if you're Andy Dalton – you know, you're playing pretty well and it's not your fault that the receivers are dropping passes and things are not going away. I mean, the way they should go. So I, I agree with that. You, you, he's on a one year deal. So if you're trying yeah. to negotiate something in, in the offseason, you have to take that into consideration. So you that's have to tough. keep him happy. And I, I just think Andy Dalton, look, he, he had a deluxe backup quarterback contract this year. Mm -hmm. And I think he will get that again. I think he has proven I'm like one of the best possible backup situations you could have in the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Hendon Hooker fan too. And, you know, based on his injury, I think that, you know, the Saints can possibly get him. You know, even – even if uh, they didn't get anything for Sean Payne, I still feel like he probably would fall into the second round uh, because of the injury. And, you know, that would be great for the New Orleans Saints, you know, because he, he's a solid guy, uh, you know. And I think a lot yeah. of people feel like, you know, he has what it takes in the right situation to be a successful starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Troy says, uh, what other coaches would you keep and let go? So is there a coach on the coaching staff that you feel like uh, the Saints – more likely will let go um, this offseason if they want to retain uh, maybe Dennis Allen as the head coach for 2023. Yeah, my mind immediately goes to Pete Carmichael. And uh, listen, he wasn't supposed to be the offensive coordinator. It was it was weird how that went down in the offseason. They interviewed a couple guys. Uh, there was thoughts that they were going to make it, uh, bring a young, like, hotshot offensive guy in. And then mm -hmm. after those interviews, they convinced Pete Carmichael to stay as the offensive coordinator. Right. They use they use the same playbook. They use the same personnel mostly, and they just kind of run it back. And mm -hmm. I wonder if Pete Carmichael would have been the guy if they had gotten Deshaun. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, I are I, I don't know. So anyway, I, I I think we'll see how these last four games play out because like it's it's hard for me at this stage of the season to say like yeah these guys are getting fired. I, I do think these last four games, even though they don't matter as far as making a playoff game. I do think they matter in terms of like how that sets you up to view the off season. Right. But I, I'd say right now, 
I think if you're going to keep Dennis Allen, I kind of view it the same as Sean Payne. Remember when they would go seven and nine and, and the defense was like historically awful. Right. And we were all just saying, <laughs> just find a, a guy that can coach defense. Just right. find a guy that can hold it down on the other side. And Sean Payton's going to score points. He's going to get us yards. Just find a guy that can coach defense. And I think if you stick with Dennis Allen, it's the same thing. Like you've got to pair him with a guy that's not good but he needs to be great on offense. And if you pair him with that, then Dennis Allen can work out. I, I believe that. Yeah. So so then you got to go get a hot shot guy. And I, I just think Pete Carmichael has been good at times this year, but he hasn't been great. So I, I think there's no way around. Like someone is going to have to be blamed for this right. season. Yeah. And, and to me, like Pete Carmichael is the easy target. Hmm. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this before I um, move on. There was a time where P. Carmichael didn't want to be the offensive coordinator. He was going to stay on the coaching staff. Do you think it was a mistake uh, trying uh, to, you know, go back to him? And, like, I don't know if it was like, can you please do this? But more so, like, okay, we asked you the first time you didn't want to do it. Do you think that the Saints should have maybe moved on from that? Because maybe his heart wasn't in it. You know, like, I mean, you know how it is, right? Somebody yeah. asked you. Be like, oh, mm, let me think about it, right? I feel like me, I feel like if you got to think about it, maybe you're not the guy. Maybe you're just not going to be that invested in it if it's something that you have to think about, especially like something of this magnitude. Uh, do you think it was a mistake? Maybe the Saints should have maybe tried to go get someone else. Uh, I'm on the fence. You know, it's like I actually think he's done an okay job this year when you mm -hmm. consider Jameis Winston went down and Michael Thomas went down. He was up against a lot. I think there was a time where they were running the football really well with Kamara yeah. and, and Tom and uh, Taysom. And so I, I think more recently, like it's all collapsed. Like the only guy that's really playing well is Rashid Shahid and, and Andy Dalton. Like it's just those two guys. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, and Elave. So, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think at times, like, I don't think it's been a disastrous job by Pete Carmichael. I actually think it, he's been okay this year. So I, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but at this point, it's just clear to me that this continuation of culture and, and keeping the same guys, like, you know, they, these guys have gotten older. You, yeah. We have to get out of some of these contracts. We got to get new blood. Like it, it's just, it has to happen. And so I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards like not not necessarily that it was a mistake, but okay, we saw it play out and it's time to change. Yeah, serious uh, decisions need to be made in 2023 for the Saints to get back to uh, the championship pedigree that we've uh, known uh, in years past. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for being a part of State of Saints podcast. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, just before you go, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so I'm on Twitter, uh, and it's at Andrew Juge. Uh, my last name is J-U-G-E. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm part of the Saints Happy Hour podcast uh, with my co-host Ralph Malbro. Some of you may know him. He likes to stir things up on Twitter. And, and he's, little, <laughs> he, he's he's the crazy one. I'm kind of more the the rational, thoughtful one of the two of us. So I try I try to keep Ralph in line. Uh, but yeah, we're on all forms of social media. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts um, or visit our website at saintshappyhour.com. Yeah, make sure you check out the Saints Happy Hour. Uh, follow Ralph and Andrew on Twitter. Uh, continue uh, success to both of you and everything that you're doing, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, Andrew Juge of Saints Happy Hour. All right, man, take care. Uh, it was a real pleasure, TJ, and looking forward to hopefully doing this again with you soon, man.
Yeah, man, we'll we'll do. We got hopefully we uh be able to talk on some better circumstances than a four and nine football team. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, Sounds it would good, be man. great, man. <laughs> well, thank you so much. All right, see you, man. All right, take care, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That was Andrew Juge of uh, Saints Happy Hour, man. Great, great stuff right there. Great stuff right there, man. I mean, interesting. You know, like every even you know. Everything that he said, basically, you know, is, is a compelling argument. You know, the question, well, to me, I, me personally, now I want to see Dennis Allen gone. But if you was to put a, a hot shot offensive coordinator with a guy who knows defense, will the Saints be successful? I Like, to me, I think that they would win games. My biggest question is what happens in situational football? Look, I don't think that we had an issue with the Saints not being able to play defense or Dennis Allen being able to coach the you know defensive side of the ball and them being successful. Our biggest issue was him as a head coach. How would he deal with situational football? And I don't know, man. It's just been a couple of games where I just feel like, you know, it could have been a little bit better. And I just think that, yeah, you'll probably win some games. Offense will be flying high. Yeah, we'll be cheering and dancing all up in our living rooms. But will we find ourselves in that same position when you go up against a coach that actually knows what they're doing? And I, I look at, you know, the game against the Baltimore Ravens, seasoned veteran like John Harbaugh. I look at the game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I look at that game with Mike Tomlin, seasoned veteran coach. Like, you got to be able to be able to, you know, have a test of wits with these guys in order for you to be, you know, successful. And I just think that in cases more than not, he's been out coached. And also uh, there was an interesting point that he made about, you know, bad coaches aligning with good quarterbacks. Like me personally, I think Zach Taylor is not a good coach. Like the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think he's a good coach. I think Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. And I think that Joe Burrow goes out there and he battles and he fights and, you know, he got that swag about himself, you know, and he goes out there and he he's a gamer. And I think that that kind of makes up for, you know, the mediocrity that is Zach Taylor. Because if you look at Zach Taylor's record before Joe Burrow got there, a lot of people probably would have thought he would have lost his job. I think as of right now, maybe it changed, but I think he has more losses than wins as a head coach. So, I mean, a lot of times you, you have those guys, but the question is, can the Saints find can the Saints find somebody at the quarterback position to be able to uh you know compensate uh for uh, the average coaching job of Dennis Allen? Interesting. I mean, I, I don't I wouldn't want them to. I mean, I, I just honestly I just want the guy going. Uh but <laughs> let's go ahead and read some of your comments. Say Trey Kamara might be the pick need. Needed for a young quarterback. Um, that would be interesting. You know, if, if you're talking about rebuilding, uh, if you're talking about possibly, you know, going through a little bit of some growing pain, so would you get rid of Alvin Kamara? You know, would Alvin Kamara be able to understand that you're trying to rebuild something? I mean, Alvin Kamara came into the league in 2017. He's not used to being in this position. He's used to the Saints making the playoffs, winning the division, being one of the top teams in the league. So would he want to continue to subject himself uh, to this? I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're a competitor, it's only so much losing that you're going to be willing to to take, you know? I mean, everybody, um, everybody is not going to be 
you know, everybody's not going to be like a mainstay, you know, like a Steven Jackson was for all those bad St. Louis Rams teams. You know, everybody's not going to be like, you know, the offensive lineman of the, of the Cleveland Browns all those, all those years, you know, uh, you know, stay on the same team, had opportunity to go other places, never been to the playoffs. Like everybody, like people are not going to be able to, if, if you're, if you're a, a, a guy that's a competitor, it's only so much of that you're going to be, willing to take so that'd be something that may be interesting down the stretch says you always need another running back with Kamara anyway I agree um I think that we took the running back position for granted and um as we can see this year it, we're showing it shows how important the running back position is also uh you also have to think about the fact that Alvin Kamara might be missing some time next season due to that whole situation that happened in Vegas uh back in uh with January or February so you got to look at that. So you have to be able to try to find yourself a running back. And I think that is, I think it's time for them to try to find one. And uh, the best thing about this is, you know, the running back position, you can always find guys in late rounds. You can find guys that can tote the mail in the third and the fourth round and be just as effective as if he was drafted uh, in the first round. Says the Browns are watching Cam Jordan. Yeah. You know, like I I'm pretty sure there's a lot of teams that's watching Cam Jordan and, um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, what the Saints do, you know, this offseason with, with Cam, as well as some so many other players. Uh, but I, I would just like to see uh, Cam go to a situation where he can find success and and, and vie for a championship. That, that's that's what I would want. Uh, I don't see the Saints being able to draft Caleb. Uh, I hope not. I hope not, because if that if they did, that means that they're pretty terrible because he's going to be the first pick in a draft. You know, I mean, I watched Caleb Williams, you know, a couple of times, to be honest with you. I'm I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm not not really a fan like that. You know, I, I guess. I don't know, the whole the whole fingernail thing kind of got to me, you know, what I'm saying not that you know, paint your fingernails all you want to, but putting F Utah on your on your fingernails. And also, I just feel like, you know, and he got injured in that game and, uh, you know, you know, against uh, Utah and. I mean, he was just trying to limp so hard. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I think he was hurt, but I think that he was really trying to put emphasis on that limp because at that time, you know, he it seemed like he didn't have any answers uh, for that Utah defense. And maybe they were just like, man, it's like, you know, maybe I limp a little bit. Well, oh, yeah, he's limping. That's the reason why he can't take over this game. Like, stuff like that, man, I, I just look at it and I'm like, when, it, when push come to shove, like, are you going to be that guy that they're going to be able to look to and be like, man, this dude here is a winner. This dude is my leader. I don't know. You know, like that's just, that's just weird stuff to me right there. You know, like, I, I don't know, you know, everybody, everybody can look good when they on top, everybody singing their praises, but what happens when, you know, when the game is on the line and the chips are on the table? I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a talented guy and I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to make all the throws, but you know, I've seen guys like Aaron Rodgers with extreme, extremely great arm talent. And then all of a sudden, you know, things don't go his way. You know, he's just throwing the ball anywhere. You know, like he does like he doesn't even care. Like he's falling down on the ground. He's not trying to fight. Like when I, I see quarterbacks like that, it just makes me just wonder, like, you know, is it could this be like a reoccurring thing? Like cause sometimes, you know, people like some people just look at the talent, but it is is be is more. It takes more than just talent. 
Like, for example, I would say, I would say Aaron Rodgers is better than Taylor Heineke, wouldn't you believe? I, I would think so. But I, I guarantee you, I, I would take 53 Taylor Heineke's on my squad than Aaron Rodgers right now. Seriously. There's some like there's certain things that you just can't teach. And I, I, I want a quarterback to have talent, but I also want him to have heart as well. And I also want to be able to look in his eyes and know that you know, he, he has it, you know, like he like not just grandstanding has it. But, man, we down by a couple touchdowns, man. We about to erase this deficit like how we seen with Drew Brees all these years or how you see with a Josh Allen or how you see uh, with a Mahomes, you know, like. You, you see these guys, and I just think that it just takes more than just talent. You know, it, it takes more than just talent to, you know, be able to win football games, to me, you know, because it's going to come a time, like, it's going to come a time when your team going to have to believe in you, and you have to ask yourself, is this man going to be with somebody you believe in? This man said trade Alave. Man, who said that? Why would you trade Alave? Who said that? Who said trade Alave? Who did it? Let's see. Cam, Cam ain't as good as he once was, but he's still good. He still needs a double team to be stopped. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Cam Jordan hasn't fallen off. You know, Cam Jordan is still as disruptive as he once was. But at the same time, you know, it, it's not so much about his production the way I feel about Cam Jordan. It's more so about I want this man to have an opportunity and if the Saints can't give him the opportunity, he needs to go somewhere else and do it. TJ, man, come on. Really, Kamara is one of a kind running back that the league hasn't seen in a while. I'm not letting that go. I'm not saying – I'm not saying let him go. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you if you wanted to do that, you know, if you wanted to do that, you know, or if he doesn't want to buy into the rebuild, like, what more can what more can you do? You can't force him to be here, like is what I'm saying, Lee. You know, like you can't force a guy to be here. You know, oh, go out there and play. Like, I mean, if the guy doesn't want to be a guy, I mean, we've seen this on so many occasions. Guys just kind of phoning in. A guy just become disinterested and they become disgruntled, and and teams try to move on from him. I'm not saying that this this could possibly happen. I'm just saying, like, we have to look at the future of this team. And I'm pretty sure at this time, like the Saints are probably evaluating everybody. And I mean everybody. If we're here talking about uh, a legend, Saints legend like Cam Jordan, I mean, what makes Alvin Kamara exempt? Uh, I would trade a lobby for a first pick for a quarterback if it uh, came to it. Man, that's, that's definitely not happening. That is definitely not happening. Like, there's no way that you're going to be able to do something like that. And, and you, de man, trading Chris Olave. Chris Olave is uh, your number one receiver for the next couple of years, probably. You know, like, I understand he has some drops and stuff like that, but he's probably going to end up being that receiver. Probably going to end up being your number one guy. So, well, I get rid of him. And then on top of that, like, look what you traded to get him. So that, that wouldn't make much sense at all. Someone needs to yell at Dalton to pass the ball to Olave. Well, he passed the ball to Olave and he dropped it. So can't put it on Andy last game. Uh, then who is the new quarterback going to throw to? Trey Kamara and see if you can get a first-round pick. Uh, uh, you can't get a running back anywhere. You're not going to get a first-round pick, Jeezy, for no no running back. There's not a team that's going to give you a first-round pick 
for that, you know, because the running back is an expendable position. They're not going to do that. So I understand what we what we see Alvin Kamara as, but nobody is going to be nobody's going to give you that type of uh, draft capital for no Alvin Kamara. Not having Kamara played calling just been horrible. Yeah, I mean, having this man running up the middle like he Derrick Henry every play. Mm-mm. Trading the lobby sounds completely asinine. Uh, when you saw the receivers we tried it out last year, I'm convinced some of y'all are bots. You know, I just think that people are just throwing things against the wall and hoping that it stick. But I, I wouldn't even be thinking about trading Chris Olave. If, if you are, if you love the State of the Saints podcast, if you love the content, please hit the like button. We got 247 people watching this right now. It says the Saints need to listen to their fan base more. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes, I mean, listening to some of these these comments or reading some of these comments, rather, I have to say that maybe they shouldn't be listening to everybody. I mean, some of these some of these uh, suggestions are a little bit out there, if you ask me. But, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to uh, read the pulse of the of the fan base in some cases, you know, in order for you to know uh, what's next, you know. But I mean, thinking that you're about to get a <laughs> think you about to trade a lobby for a quarterback. Not happening. Thinking that you're going to get a first round pick for Alvin Kamara. Not happening. You know, like thinking that you can just trade Michael Thomas and don't understand the significance of that, that cap hit. I mean, come on, we got to, we, we have these ideas, but you know, a lot of us, you know, have these ideas like we playing Madden with the salary cap off <laughs> and you can't play it like that. You know, like you turn the salary cap off of Madden. Look, you can get Vine. You can get Vine Miller. You can get Aaron Donald, Cam Jordan. You can get, uh, you know, Jordan Davis. Uh, you can get Fletcher Cox. You know, that can be your defensive line. And, you know, we put T.J. White as the linebacker. You know, you can put uh, Michael Parsons on the other side. Mario Davis in the middle. Then you can put Jalen Ramsey on one side. Marshawn Lattimore back here. You know, Marcus Williams playing the middle of the field. You know, like you can do anything you want on Madden with the salary cap off, but we're living in real life. And these these teams have salary caps and they got to be able to make these adjustments. And, you know, some of us are taking that salary cap off for granted, you know. And, you know, I'm not one of those people. I'm not a cap connoisseur. I'm, I'm not even going to much lie to y'all. You know, I don't really go into like with the salaries and stuff like that. You know, most of the time, shouts out to my guy, Ross Jackson, uh, you know, him breaking it down. Uh, shouts out to Deuce Wenham, you know, him breaking it down. You know, uh, some of these other Saints uh, guys out there, my guy Matt Mascona, you know, shouts out to him. T-Bob, uh, congratulations on the new child, my friend. You know, these are the people that I look at, you know, and they talk about salaries and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I, I don't know, man. You know, I, I was a C student in math, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I barely got through. You know, I was good at every other subject, you know what I'm saying, like A's and B's. But when it comes to the, to the math, C's and you know what I'm saying? C's and D's at times, you know? So, I mean, when it comes to salary cap, it can be very confusing uh, to understand these numbers and all that kind of stuff, man. But they, they have to be able to make these adjustments. So let's just uh, leave it at that. Alvin Kamara's greatest asset is having a good quarterback. Other than that, defense going to focus on the best player, which is AK, and rather uh, have the other players uh, uh, try to beat him. Yeah, you know, Trail, Alvin Kamara's biggest, like his kryptonite is an athletic linebacker. Like seriously, his his biggest kryptonite is an athletic linebacker that can run with him. Like 
I can tell you what type of game Alvin Kamara going to have based on the, the linebacker that the Saints go up against. Like, if they go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I know it's probably not going to be a good game for them. He go up against, like, the Atlanta Falcons, he's probably going to have a good game because they – their linebackers are decent, but not as athletic. You know, they can't run with them. Uh, Tampa, he's going to have a rough game because like Devin White or Levante David or not, those guys are athletic. They can go sideline to sidelines. When Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley were in Carolina, you know, he probably wasn't going to have a good game because once those guys put their mitts on, you going down, period. Um, so it's based on, like, the, the athleticism of the linebacker. Um, so – you know, the, to me, you got to find ways. Like Alvin Kamara just didn't fall off the face of the earth. I just think that the offensive play calling has not been in his favor this season. Like Alvin Kamara has been a non-factor. And I don't think that it just happens that way. Like you just automatically like play out of your mind against a team like the Las Vegas Raiders. And then all of a sudden, like we never hear from you again. The Saints have not been calling plays for him. And. Also, you you got to have a quarterback that's going to be able to put the ball in, in his hands and make things work. And we know that Drew Brees did an outstanding job at doing that. We know that he did an outstanding job at getting the ball into Alvin Kamara's hands. Like, we've seen this on several occasions. I mean, we've seen Alvin Kamara. we all seen that famous video of Alvin Kamara standing at the bottom of the screen and he just holds his hand up like this, you know, and Drew Brees is throwing the ball and then all of a sudden magic happens. Or, you know, Drew Brees catches him in stride and he comes rolling down the field for about a 40, 50 yard game. So I don't think that you just stop doing that. I just think that it has a lot to do with the quarterback. It also has a lot to do with the play calling and scheme and, and putting them in a position and, and scheming them open. And I just think that that is a lost art. And we know that Sean Payton has done that uh, on the fly. You know, like we need to get Alvin involved. You know, and it, we, we've seen him scheme plays where Alvin finds himself wide open with nothing but space and opportunity or one-on-one -on -one matchup that he normally wins. So I just think that the the play calling has been slow uh, when it comes to Alvin Kamara. Uh, I'll bring up a number for you. Garrett Wilson has a catch percentage of 60.6, .6, and Chris Olave has a catch percentage of 61.2. Do you see the Jets fans saying trade Wilson? Uh, no, because, um, you know, let, let's just be honest about this. I like what the Jets are doing. Shouts out to Robert Sala and shouts out to those young guys. They got a lot of heart and they fighting. And most likely they probably going to end up making the playoffs. But, I mean, it's, it's different. You know, like when we talk about wide receivers, um, you know, we've we seen them come and go. We've we seen, we seen some great wide receivers over the last decade and a half play for the New Orleans Saints. Like we've seen some playmakers. The Jets is kind of few and far in between. So anything that they can get that's serviceable and, you know, it seems like it's more consistent than not, then we're going to hold on to that. Uh, I just think that, well, I, I am in agreement with you when it comes to Chris Olave. Terrible, like, terrible decision to get rid of him or even think about getting rid of him. Dude is a really good receiver. And anybody that has ever played receiver appreciates good football and route running, like, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Like, to me – this dude is probably leaps and bounds ahead of even some full five-year veterans in the league when it comes to route run. Like this dude is like one of the like he's he has even like he has even reached his full potential when it comes to route running yet. So imagine what he's gonna be around next year, you know, when he has a a, a real off-season workout and you know, uh, you know, he's not dealing with some of these wookie this rookie wall and stuff like that, you know, where 
you know, around the time at Ohio State, I mean, this season is pretty much over. He's probably trying uh, to, you know, play for the college football playoffs or, you know, a bowl game somewhere, you know. So imagine what he can be in a couple, uh, a couple of years. So Chris Olave, I've been saying this, like Chris Olave reminds me a lot of Marvin Harrison. Like some people was talking about, like, uh, I think Jonathan Vilma said, Tory Hope, not so much to me. Like, I, I look at like I look at him. He just reminds me of Marvin Harrison. The way he runs, like his decision making when he catches the ball, uh, his ability to try to evade, <clears throat> his, evade that big hit. I will say this though, I will say this. I think a lot of people aren't paying that much attention to it. But the first, uh, this is what I do. This is what I do, folks, and I, I encourage you all to check it out too. When you watch games, we all are watching the games just to kind of just watch and see what the team does. I encourage people, if you have time, to go back and watch the game and, and, and watch it the second time and, and watch some of the players that you are accustomed to making plays and, and looking at and, and really just observe them. That's how I was able to go back and watch the game and just kind of look at the body language and the, the running of Alvin Kamara. i also been noticing over the last couple of weeks and I don't think we're taking this into consideration, but I am. We know a couple of weeks ago, Chris Olave caught a pass in the back of the end zone for a touchdown against the Seattle Seahawks and was knocked out cold by Kobe Bryant, the rookie uh, out of Cincinnati. He was knocked out cold. All right. Um, of course, we know that he got up and he put his hands up and stuff like that. But if anybody has ever taken a hit, and I'm talking about like really like you play football. Like we, if you play football and you didn't got hit, okay, I got hit in the chest. Okay, let me get up. But when somebody knocks you out and you just don't remember, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, you, like you wake up and like, wait, wait a minute, where I'm at? Like that that can affect you psychologically. To me, I feel like it affected Jerry Cook. You know, a couple of years ago, like you remember that game versus the 49ers. He had two catches, two touchdowns. And then I think a woozy hit him in the head, knocked him out. And to me, when it came to like him going over the middle, I started to see him with alligator arms. I started to see him kind of protecting himself. I think that you're seeing a little bit of the yips when it comes to Chris Olave because of that. Because if you go back and you watch that, that pass, you can look at him out the corner of his eye. He's seeing like the safety coming down on him. And I think that, he probably thought like, okay, if I caught this ball, you know what I'm saying, what's going to happen to me? I'm, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to leave myself open. I mean, I know nobody probably want to hear that or probably want to smack their lips or you're a football player, but it's, it's just, it's human nature. You know, like you get knocked out cold one minute, it's going to a mess. It's going to affect you psychologically somehow. So I think that some of the times, like with some of those tough catches that, that he has when he's probably seeing guys out the corner's eye, you know, it could affect the way of you know affect him catching the football or the decision to catch the football. I I I mean I'm I'm just I went if you go back and watch him play. I just think that it may affect him psychologically, you know, and I, I don't think that we really just take that into consideration. Getting knocked out cold. I don't know. I could I could be wrong though. I could be wrong, but I, I noticed that. Bro, TJ, despite uh what uh, you put around Allen, he 
he don't have it uh they have the it factor uh master motivator to me uh that's an issue uh, when things are on the line you gotta have that dude on the sideline brian uh i agree with you you know i, I agree you know I don't care how much I don't care how great you are coaching defense. I don't care how good you are coaching offense. It's going to come a time where you're going to have to make the tough decisions and you have to ask yourself. And I'm pretty sure, Brian, but based on this, this comment, you ask yourself, does he have what it takes to be able to get the team over the hump in crucial situations? And um, he hasn't proved that. He hasn't proven that. Not to me, at least. Can you win? Like, do I feel like the Saints? If you get a, a, another coordinator, offensive coordinator, right, and you get yourself a quarterback that you can win with, you fix the offensive line, can you win some games with Dennis Allen? Yeah. Do I think that his, his, his win average would probably improve next season? Yes. But I just think when it, when it all comes down to it, there are going to be some games that the Saints are should have won are going to be lost because of the decision-making of him. And that's the reason I just think you need to go into – uh going to uh, uh well going a different direction i should say alave uh would be the last same play i would trade exactly that comment could not be real to think of alave as a great pick yeah can you imagine like if alave wasn't that good how really truly angry we would be about that trade like you mad about trading with philadelphia right now but you really would be angry if you know he ended up being like stanley gene batiste or something you know TJ, I feel the same way you do about Alave. He's being cautious from getting another concussion. I, look, I, I don't know. Like I said, I just I just feel like, look, I, I think that he's playing. I think that he's trying to make plays. But at the same time, like, there's nothing like being knocked out. You know, uh, it, it, I, I don't wish that on anybody. I done, been knocked, I done been knocked out twice in my life. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I, I, I wouldn't. So, um <laughs> it, it, it's it's scary you know like it's scary and it can be traumatic it, it definitely can it can be it, it can be traumatic uh thank you because uh people don't realize cook was never the same after that i, I really felt bad for the guy i'm telling y'all man you take a hit on the head you go from you know you go from standing you know saying like okay man talking or interacting and all of a sudden like you wake up and don't have any recollection of what happened and somebody telling you what happened. Hmm, boy. I mean, it's easy for us to be like, man, I don't know, but put yourself in that position. I mean, it, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not pretty, man. TJ, it does give you T-Rex arms for a while. Yeah. I mean, bro, you can get knocked out. <laughs> uh, you know how you can ask uh, off the bench questions. Well, we asked if uh, they knew the difference between what? <laughs> well, man, elite, elite guy, man. Shot, I mean, elite goods, man. Shots out to you. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like, they probably just wondering, like, what are we talking about? You know, I mean, and what does that have to do with, I guess, Saint football? I, I don't know. A mediocre head coach uh, would have the team competing with Philly for the one seed. 90% of the games we lost were uh, self-inflicted. Pretty much. Pretty much. I think we all can, uh, can agree with that. Uh, you got to have that dude on the sidelines and in a huddle, and we don't have that. Uh, what happened to the claiming uh, factor? Uh, looked like Saints could have used some energy. Yeah, getting knocked out ain't fun. Uh, it takes time. 
Uh, TJ, what do you think uh, we could get if we traded Cam? Probably like a third or fourth round pick. I mean, you got to look at his age. Um, I think durability, you you know, that's going to be a plus for a team. Uh, so you probably be able to get a third for him. I mean, he hasn't fallen off, you know, so might be able to get a third or fourth round pick for Cam Jordan at this particular time because he's still effective. He's a leader. He doesn't get hurt, and uh, a team can do a, you know a lot with him. So I think that you probably get you know a third at, at least a fourth for him. You know you're not going to get a a second round or a first round pick for Cam Jordan. You're not going to get a first or a second round pick for a 34 year old uh, defensive end. Uh, can you open the blinds in the background? Uh, <laughs> uh next episode next episode i'll open them up i mean ain't nothing back there but the woods okay i mean this uh radio station that i uh work at you know it's, it's located in the middle of the woods you know so i make sure I, I open it up uh next episode i stubbed my toe on my bed a month ago and i'm still extra cautious when walking into the bedroom i can't imagine the lights out concussion yeah uh, where and what about Turner? Uh, Peyton Turner uh, got injured on a, a TFL and hasn't played. Um, the way that the Saints coaching staff and medical staff is, man, who knows? I mean, as we know, as far as we know, Peyton Turner legs can be amputated right now. God bless the brother because we know that the Saints medical staff is trash. Absolutely trash. Uh, Mark Ingram partially tore his MCL. They had him out there running the football. So we know that this team – this medical staff is absolutely hot garbage, and um, they don't have the, the the players' best interests at heart. I don't feel bad about saying that. I don't care if they get mad. I don't care who's watching this, and I don't care the backlash I'm going to get. It is what it is. Too many bad instances to prove that this is an incompetent medical staff. I mean, how many times are you going to do this? I mean, we talk, we can, we can go back, you know, to the whole Delvin Bro situation even though that's a different medical staff, but still they do a sorry job at hiring these guys. So, I mean, there, there, there you go. But uh, once again, I want to thank Andrew Juge from the Saints Happy Hour podcast for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. And thank you uh, for being a part of the State of Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com search the State of the Saints podcast, please hit the like button if you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. And previous episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. Hope everyone has a good morning, noon, night, whenever you're checking out this podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>